This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Brian Doerr, Senior Vice President of Information Technology and Security and Privacy Officer at Community Hospital Corporation. Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot of interesting and exciting things to talk about in health IT, but before we dive into our discussion, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I've been in healthcare a little over 20 years. Um, I've had experience in both the for-profit and not-for-profit sectors. Um, I've been with Community Hospital Corporation now since 2008. Uh, and in addition to information technology as well as security and privacy, I oversee our telecom funding programs, uh, informatics, data analytics, and even a credit card payment processing program. I also serve on the Texas Hospital Association's Technology Advisory Council and their editorial board. Uh, from an educational perspective, I received my undergrad degree in communications from Michigan State University, and then my master's degree in human dimensions of organizations from the University of Texas at Austin. Well, that, that's great to hear. And so, you know, what's it been like um, going from, I know you grew up in the Midwest and then moving to yeah. Texas. What's that like? It's, it's an interesting change, you know, um, from a from a healthcare perspective, the needs are the same. You know, there's uh, rural healthcare needs in Michigan. In fact, my son is at Michigan State University getting his uh, his MD and and talking a lot about rural healthcare in Michigan. And we have the same challenges here. Texas is a big state. We have a lot of rural needs, um, but we see that across the country. So I think what I've seen is there's a lot of differences, but ultimately. From a healthcare perspective, we're really all focused on the same things. We're really trying to take care of those patients in our communities. So we, we see that coast to coast. Fantastic. Well, with that mission in mind, what are some yeah. of the things that you're most excited about today and what makes you nervous? Yeah, I think from an um, excitement perspective, and I will tell you I'm a consummate optimist, so I'm always looking at the, the bright side of things. Um, I really see us kind of nearing this inflection point. Um, where our use of healthcare technology allows us to bring innovations in clinical technology and care delivery. You know, we see it with virtual care, we see it with telemedicine to all Americans, regardless of where they live, regardless of, you know, how close they are to a hospital. So I think I'm really excited about that. And we really even saw that during the pandemic, right? We saw a huge expansion in the use of virtual care. Um, and, and the economics and the infrastructure are getting really much closer to allowing providers and patients to realize all these amazing benefits of our innovation. Um, but on the flip side of that, right, from my perspective in community and rural healthcare, we still have challenges around the infrastructure, right? We have to see the ability to allow these rural communities um, to see the benefit of that without losing ability, their, their autonomy, right? Um, they, they see this amazing technology, they see all these benefits, but a lot of this technology requires a tremendous amount of expertise and financial resources, right? And they just don't have a lot of those things. Additionally, I'm also a little bit concerned about organizations that have a tremendous amount of resources locking up a lot of this intellectual property, specifically around AI and ML um, that are associated with a lot of this innovation, right? And, and not allowing that to be democratized, not allowing uh, that information about 
what the best care plan or, or, or action plan might be um, and holding that as a, as a competitive benefit for themselves. So I really focused on how do we democratize the data and those analytical models so that we can benefit everyone in our country and around the world. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's really interesting to think about it. And when you look at that future of organizations, obviously bringing more artificial intelligence, machine learning and different technologies, big data really coming into its own in healthcare. What can community hospitals and, and organizations like yours do to bring to fruition a future where it is democratized or, or kind of um, head off now some of the, these things that um, could present problems going forward? Sure. Well, I think they need to get on the path, right? They, they need to not have a victim mentality as they move forward into the future, right? There are a lot of things they can do right now to drive digital transformation and bring value to their patients. They just have to maybe think about it in a little bit different way, right? So I first think around uh, remote patient monitoring and, and internet of things devices we're seeing, right? Community hospitals, can connect providers and patients and right today and keep them on track, in touch, driving improved outcomes, right? There's investment required, but you can minimize that based on your scale and leveraging a lot of things, partnerships, cloud technology. Um, you know, we're working on a lot of initiatives in, from that perspective right now. I think one example might even be, we, we just recently implemented a completely cloud-based um, PAC system for imaging uh, at one of our hospitals, right? And we moved all of that infrastructure uh, off-prem, so we, we stopped building a ton of servers and storage and all that, and we moved it 100% to the cloud. It allows us to deliver new innovative services through that platform. We have new modalities that we're enabling, but we're minimizing the capital expense on that. Um, you know, I, I also think, you know, blockchain is coming. Everybody reads about it. We see that. I think it's an emerging and transformational technology. I just think they need, everybody needs to be educated on that. That's not something right now I would see rural community hospitals uh, that I work with jumping into. There still continue to be uh, computational efficiencies and, and scale that really need to be realized in order for it to be effective in, in what I would say community and rural hospital spaces. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And it, you know, it's really helpful to think of from the community hospital perspective. Now, what are you yeah. seeing as the, the best opportunities to revolutionize healthcare delivery with technology? I know we've touched briefly on remote patient monitoring and um, yeah. virtual care and those kinds of things. How do you see that playing out over the next three to five years and in, in beyond? Well, yeah, I just see continued growth. I think what the pandemic showed us is that we, we had this barrier that we thought care providers wouldn't engage with the technology. And I think we saw some of that um, uh, in that we had some hesitancy at the very beginning, but because of the pandemic, we jumped in uh, full force, right? And, and I think what we're seeing now, some of that was, you know, we're looking at reimbursement and saying, what can we, what can we pay for this technology? I think we saw some of that. We see some people pulling back from that. But I think uh, overall, what we saw is a significant number of providers not only saw uh, the fact that they could continue to provide care, um, but that they could um, provide care in a new and effective way and, and enable better outcomes for their patients even though they weren't seeing them in person for many things. 
I think what we're going to see into the future is a continued push to move care to what I would, in a technology term, we call it the endpoint, but to the patient, where the patient is, where the patient lives, um, and, and give them care potentially in their home in a different care setting than maybe inside the four walls. We still will have hospitals and they'll still drive a lot of that care, but we may do a lot more recovery. We may do a lot more procedure, small type procedures outside of the four walls of the hospital. I see that trend continuing over the next decade. Got it. That's you know really interesting to think about. And when you look at um, mm-hmm. those different care settings, whether it's the hospital at home or um, some more yeah. outpatient outpatient procedures and post-acute settings and those kinds of things, how does the healthcare ecosystem evolve and adapt and, and really make sure that, you know, there's still um, interconnected care teams um, to, to deliver the yeah. best care possible? Well, and I think that's, I think that is one challenge. I think we're addressing a lot of that. I think, um, you know, the challenge that we had in healthcare initially uh, a decade ago was we were putting in all these electronic medical record systems because of meaningful use. And one thing that we did in that is we put the technology to collect the data in before or we preempted the ability to interconnect all of that data, right? Not just from the devices, but from the care team perspective. So I think communication is going to be integral in this. I do think that there's a way, and I think we'll see, that's where I think long-term, there may be some opportunity for blockchain-type communication so that we have immutable record that flows with a patient rather than with a healthcare provider, uh, an ancillary service, or a hospital, and they own that data, that it can flow with the patient. I think that's going to be critical. All the time, we try and keep the patient at the center of everything we're doing, and I think we need to move the data to that. It may not live with the patient. It may live on their phone, but it may live in the cloud. But we need to enable that. And then we need to continue to, uh, I think, engage in new ways of communicating and connecting care providers. Uh, we, are, we are talking about that all the time. How do we do that securely? How do we give people access? Um, and, and how do we leverage tools that they're comfortable and somewhat familiar with, right? Uh, how do we get away from someone texting someone or calling someone to enable more secure level message chatting and also with that chat, bringing data from our systems into that conversation in a secure fashion. So when you're talking about that patient, you're seeing the information, you're not having to regurgitate what happened yesterday or what rounding looked like this morning. You're getting that data as you need it. So I think there's a lot of work to do there, but I do think that we're streamlining those. And again, I think the pandemic um, gave us the, the impetus to really focus on some of those communication uh, workflows. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. I think we're still streamlining a lot of that. I do think the hospital plays an integral part in that in coordination. Um, but I do think that it takes the provider, um, the hospital, and the patient really uh, working together to make that effective. That's a really great point. And, you know, when you look at this future of healthcare and um, healthcare delivery that's more interconnected and potentially more yeah. virtual, um, how do you see your IT teams changing and evolving over the next 12 months? What, whether it's additional skills, team members, or just mindsets, do you need to, yeah. to really move forward most effectively? Well, that, you know, that's interesting you said mindset because um, that's exactly what I would think is probably most critical to our success. Um, you know, we, we need to find individuals 
and, and, and engage individuals who have what I would say is a growth mindset, right? They're flexible, they're nimble, they're looking, and they understand change. I would say that's both on the technologist side as well as our clinician side, right? What we need is people who will engage and collaborate and not look at the box that they live in today and think that's the box that they will live in in the future. So we're looking at creative ideas. We're bringing people in who have healthcare experience. We're also bringing in people who have no healthcare experience, but may have experience in other industries that we could leverage in a healthcare space. Um, I, I think we are big proponents of not invented here is a great thing, not just something that we look at and are nervous about. We're always looking for new ideas about how we can evolve our um, our processes, our technology, and leverage other things that are out there. Um, I think where we'll be investing, obviously, we're looking at additional informatics specialists. It's that clinical connection between technology and our clinicians and, and optimizing that workflow is critical to us. I think it's an area we'll continue to be focused on. Um, I think it's where the big focus will be for the next decade. Um, from a pure technology perspective, cybersecurity, uh, is an area we haven't touched on, but it's something we're uh, continuing to hire additional staff and resources on at all times to make sure that everything that we do starts with a security mindset as well, uh, that we're, we're not just saying, let's give somebody access to something, but we're thinking about how we do that and making sure that we're intentional about the security and privacy aspects of what we're delivering to our clinicians and to our patients. So I think those are probably the areas where we see the biggest investment. I think continuing education is also going to be something that is critical. Um, uh, it's, it, for us, things change so fast. Um, it, it's what I love about healthcare. It's you think you understand healthcare today, tomorrow it's different, right? It's also like that in the technology. So I see uh, that we are educating ourselves, educating everybody on the care team at all times. It's what we do all day, every day. We walk around and we're talking about what's coming, what's new, what we're thinking about, getting engagement with that. But I think it takes people that understand that what you know today is valuable to me, but what you want to learn tomorrow could be exponentially more valuable. So we, we take a big focus on education as well. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great to talk to you, Laura.